Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast. My name is Nick Amell. I'm Brandon. And this is the show where every week, one of us, some bitches, bring a top 10-ish list on anything and everything, and then the other one tries to guess without knowing what that list is ahead of time. Exactly. You think after 75 episodes, I got that about right and as succinct as possible. I was just thinking it was, it was about as short as I'd ever heard it. I'll take that as a compliment. This is our 75th episode. Brandon, let's count them down. One, two, three. Wait, you're Four. just going to count to 75? You, well, why don't we skip ahead? I thought ahead that'd be a fun little thing. No? Okay. To the content. Yeah. Where I tell you that this week I have prepared a list of the top 10 Arnold Schwarzenegger films. <laughs> ranked by their domestic box office. Oh my God. Now, okay. if I factor in worldwide box office, then it's just a list of Terminator movies. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing either. No, it's not. But <laughs> there's a little bit more variety in the list. You look at domestic uh, box office. These are all the earnings from the United States of America, where Arnold has become the embodiment of the, or the personification of the American dream. So, I want to start this out by telling you. I thought you were going to say the personification of beef. <laughs> of beef, beef cakes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, listen. Uh-huh. I got to explain to the folks at home who Arnold is. Yes, please. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger was born July 30th, 1947. He's 72 years old. Damn. God damn. Still younger than our, all the presidential candidates, but <laughs> yeah. In Austria, uh, his mother was named Aurelia and his father was Gustav. Gust- I'd like to challenge that. No, no, I won't. No, you're f- spreading fake news. I happen to know his mother's name is Blanche. No, it's Aurelia, which is a pretty name. His father, Gustav, listen to this. He was a local chief of police and he served in World War II on the side of the Nazis. He is a non-commissioned officer after voluntarily joining the Nazi party in 1938. Huh. No one ever brings that up. Well, more on that in a moment. Okay. Now, according to Arnold, his parents were very strict. You might be surprised that... An Austrian Nazi family is strict? That's strange. He was. He said, Arnold said the rod was not spared. He did not have a good relationship with his father or his brother. His father, Gustav, strongly and blatantly favored Arnold's older brother, Meinhard. Minecraft? Meinhard. Okay. Arnold had a good relationship with his mother. He kept in touch with her until she died, I think in like 2003. Later in life, I thought this was very impressive about Arnold. He commissioned a research center to research his father's wartime record uh, and it came up that with no evidence of Gustav being involved in any atrocities despite his membership in the Nazi party. And I thought that like, if you knew your dad was a Nazi, you probably want to not dig too deep into that. Yeah. But you know, he's a strong guy and uh, he looked into it and he faced his fear. Turns out his dad, just a regular Nazi. Yeah. So, at age 14 is when he started bodybuilding. He said he looked in the mirror and he didn't feel proportionate. His chest and torso, I think, were large, but his limbs were scrawny. And he said he would need 20-inch arms in order to balance himself out. So, he started bodybuilding and he intended to make it his career. I don't know if you've ever heard or read anything from him on bodybuilding or fitness, but he is extremely disciplined, which will come up a few times. I think times. you have to be to be a bodybuilder. As yeah. big as him. Yeah, a bodybuilder period. Yeah. Extremely disciplined. His parents feared that he was gay when he was a teenager because he worshipped bodybuilders. And his mom called the doctor because she thought her son... 
She thought, you're kidding. Yeah, it says his mother phoned a doctor because she thought her son was, quote, turning south due to all the pictures oh, no. of oiled up men on his bedroom walls. Yeah, but who, has, who doesn't have that? Well, though? she couldn't have been far further from the truth. Arnold is all about the poon. Uh, well, you said it. Well. We're going there. So, his brother, Meinhard, died in a car crash in 1971. He was driving drunk and he died instantly. Arnold did not attend his brother's funeral. Wow. Well, uh, how old were the two brothers? Well, Arnold would have been 24. Okay. So, Arnold was already like a name at this point. He was a successful bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. uh, Gustav, his father, died in 1972, the next year from a stroke and Arnold did not attend his funeral either. He's given different reasons, I think at least three different reasons over the years why he didn't attend his father's funeral but mm -hmm. I think we could also guess this because his father was... An asshole? Nazi? A uh, Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, one of the reasons that he said was because he was training for a competition but... Can I ask you something? Do you know what was life like for Arnold uh, as far as uh, like financially growing up? Were they poor, middle class, uh, wealthy, do you know? They were poor, very poor. Okay. In fact, I have, I have notes on all these movies but I also scattered a few fun facts about... Um, of course, got to have the fun facts. I scattered some fun facts about Arnold throughout and... Yeah, he grew up in a house that had no phone, no fridge, and no toilet. Oh, wow. And I know like no phone is a big deal. No fridge for a guy who was... Um, who needed a lot of calories yeah, a guy every who day. was bodybuilding, that is a huge detriment. Didn't have a fridge and didn't have a toilet. Keep that in mind as we read through there and read some of many of the larger than life facts about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just keep in mind that like where he came from, just being... <laughs> The son of a Nazi getting physically abused and growing up without a phone, toilet or refrigerator in his home. The great tragedy of it all or the irony is that he couldn't use a toilet because he didn't have one whereas your dog Chewy He doesn't has, just doesn't want to. He has a toilet in the backyard and he just doesn't use it. <laughs> he has not the brains to find it. <laughs> Why go outside when you can just go right where you're standing? Yeah. I don't want to read a whole, I got a whole another like paragraph on his uh, child abuse. Oh, okay. Are you going to do that now? Yeah. No, I don't want to read any more of his child abuse but... Okay. He was abused. But he, every time he got hit, every time someone told Arnold like you can't do this, he said it was, a lot of it was cultural too that this German-Austrian mentality of not wanting to create an individual. It was all about conforming and he was one who did not conform, whose will could not be broken. He said, therefore, I became a rebel. Every time I got hit, every time someone said, you can't do this, I said, mm -hmm. this is not going to be for much longer because I'm going to move out of here. I want to be rich. I want to be somebody. His childhood friend stated he often said his goals in life were to move to America, become an actor and marry a Kennedy. He got close on, on he did all it. three. He did all three of those. Did he marry a Kennedy? Yeah, Maria Shriver is the niece of John F. Kennedy and Robert oh, F. Kennedy. Okay, fuck me. Are you going to tell the folks at home what Arnold is most known for? What do you mean what he's most known for? He's most known for being uh, an actor, the Terminator and also yeah. the governor of California. Okay. Well, I was getting to that. I was getting to the part where he, so he came to America and he could barely speak English. His first movie was Hercules in New York and he was credited as Arnold Strong. <laughs> I guess like they just said, oh, fuck it, he's strong. Starts with an S and his voice was dubbed. His English was still so poor that they had to dub his voice. And now we're going to dive into this list and look at the incredible life and times and movies. 
and movies of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And this is looking at domestic box office. Is it adjusted for inflation? No. Okay. And how do you feel about old Arnie, just in general and as an actor? I feel great about him in general and great. as an actor. Good. I'm very happy for you. I love when he's in a movie. There's like... Especially it, now. There's something very novel about him being in a movie now. Yeah. Right? Because he's already done it all and he's already been a governor for however many years. A lot of his movies were not like critically well reviewed but some of them are some of my favorite movies. Terminator 2 is a legit contender for one of the best movies ever made in my opinion. True that. One thing before I get into this list, these are movies where he had a, a starring or lead role. There's one that is technically in the top 10 that he only did a voice for. In 2001's Dr. Doolittle 2. No. He was the voice of the white wolf. I won't accept it. Well, I didn't put it in my list. I kept this one out. That film made $112 million. But he... And what number would it have been? It would have been number five. Wow. Okay. And let me give you one more bit. Uh, he's appeared in 29 films, total worldwide aggregate box office, $4.1 billion. Domestic. No, that's worldwide. Oh, okay. Sorry. $4.1 billion. Out of 29 films? Mm-hmm. That's actually not that many films because I remember when we did Jack Nicholson, he had been in like, he had been in more than 29 for sure. Well, he was governor for I think yeah, six, that's true. either six years or eight years, something like that. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's get into Arnold. I feel like we can't go any further without somebody here doing an Arnold voice. So, go ahead. No, I'll do it when it's appropriate. I'm not just going to okay. do it on command. Oh, right. That and Santa Baby. You just won't do it no matter how much we beg you. No, I won't do that, period. Yeah. Santa Baby as Arnold. Now, that's the ultimate. So, I'm pretty confident in number one, but I'll save it. So, why don't I go off the beaten path a little bit? Okay. The way I usually like to do lists is kind of try to guess the back half first. And so, on that note, why don't I say Terminator 3 as a, a round number 8, 9 or 10. You would be wrong. Terminator 3 is number 2. What? On the list. No, yeah. no, it's not. Well, nope. Sorry. It's not. But go ahead. Terminator 3. Did you see Terminator 3? Once long ago. Same here. It made $150 million, the domestic box office. Uh, it was also known as T3. Yeah. 2003 is when it came out and that's sort of in the, in the, still the heyday of like trying to brand a movie by like its initials and a number, which I think is super dorky. Hot take. Terminator 3, The Rise of the Machines, science fiction action directed by Jonathan Mustow. It's not a rom-com? No. Nick Stahl played John Connor. Claire Danes played his future wife, Kate Brewster. And it featured the TX Terminator, a female mm -hmm. Terminator. Oh yeah, baby. The Resistance sends Arnold back to protect John Connor. This was Arnold's final role before becoming the governor of California. He got $30 million for wow. Terminator 3. And that's in 2003 money. Yeah. Can I ask you something real quick mm -hmm. before you move on? You said it has the TX, the female Terminator. I mean, if you're not going to have her shoot out of her tits like the robots in Austin Powers, then what is even the point? Am I right? They did inflate. Did they? Yeah, there's a part where she is, I can't remember, she's trying to seduce someone or distract a man and and her chest inflates. Yeah, and did you uh, immediately... She wasn't wearing your, clown makeup though. No, <laughs> your killer clown uh, yeah. bone was tickled. Now, you might remember Terminator 3 as the one where Arnold... He's naked. 
Well, he gets he's naked in all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But when he in Terminator Three, he was fifty six years old, having to get naked. So he worked out. <laughs> he worked out three hours a day for six months and said he had the exact same body weight and muscle measurements as he had twelve years before when shooting Terminator Two. This was also after he had had heart surgery when he was fifty six years old. Crazy fact: in Terminator Two. I'm waiting for this crazy fact. In Terminator 2, he did the exact same thing. He worked out on the exact same schedule, got himself in the exact same shape that he had been for the original Terminator, which had been 12 years before that. So, like every 12 years, he's in the exact same shape he was a decade plus before. Terminator 2 was not 12 years after Terminator 1, but mm. I get, it's still, no, Terminator 2, yeah, uh, Terminator I know it's was not. I'm just 84. So... Okay. One other thing about this. That is impressive. How many hours do you work out, Brandon? Do you work out? Not that many. Three? He showed okay. Terminator 3 to the troops. This happened in 2003. So, it would have been just a few months after the beginning of the war in Iraq. He showed Terminator 3 in Iraq to troops in the former palace of Saddam Hussein. Like as a fuck you to them? Well, to who? Saddam Hussein? I don't know. Like what? why? Well, why they, did that happen? When they rolled into Iraq and all uh -huh. those guys... Rolled in is a way to put it. And, and all those guys, all like Saddam and his regime fled, they occupied his palaces and buildings. Yeah, but why was Arnold there? He's cheering up the troops. Oh, okay. Again, grew up in a house without a toilet. Yeah. Showing his movie that he got paid $30 million for it in Saddam Hussein's palace. Yeah, but I think you and I are scheduled next month to go to Saddam Hussein's palace and play the next episode of the Tennis Podcast for the homeless population there. So, what's the difference? You said this was his last role before becoming governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he well-liked as a governor? I don't know. I didn't... I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I liked him, but he wasn't governing my state. Hashtag Brandon Bullets. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about that. We're talking about his movies. Yeah, okay. And his child abuse. And Nazis. I had a chance to talk about Nazis and I took it. Yeah. You got to. All right. So, that was number two, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Yeah. I can't believe it was uh, number two. Okay. Well, then I'm going to say Terminator 1 is... Okay. I have to remember these are not adjusted for inflation. That's going to affect things. Terminator 1 will be a r bottom half of the top 10. Terminator 1 is not in the top 10. Okay. See? But it, I'll bet it would be if it was adjusted for inflation, right? I don't know about that. It made $38 million. So, I don't think you could adjust it to more than $203 million. Okay. Jingle all the way. <laughs> Jingle all the way is not in the top 10 either. Well, now I... It made $60 million though. It's out of the top 10 by like maybe two or three. I'm out of movies. Conan the Barbarian. No, Conan the Barbarian did not crack that top 10 either. It made $38 million. There was a string of Arnold movies in the 90s mm -hmm. that all were kind of fucking weird. <laughs> I don't know. There's one, what's the one where he is like trying to kill the Antichrist, uh, the sixth day or something like that? No, the sixth day is not in the top 10 either. Okay. All right, that's called End of Days. Well, there's another oh, the one. the sixth day is in there as well. I'm sorry. There's the End, end of Days and the sixth day. Uh, is that part of a series? I don't think so. There was one I saw, it was, it must have been the sixth day. There's one, anyway, I saw one of them but I barely remember the one, it. So, where's the, the sixth The one day? where he's fighting the devil or whoever is called End of Days. It came out in 1999 
Because remember, they took the 999 and flipped them upside down and made 666. And you were like, oh, oh snap. Yeah, yeah. And he played a guy named Jericho Kane, which is a very <laughs> biblical name. That's a fucking awesome name. And in the sixth day, his name was Adam Gibson. He was just a guy. <laughs> fucking nerd. Is the sixth day in the top 10? No. Oh, neither of them are? No. Well, then what the hell are we talking about this shit for? There's some good movies in the top 10 and I, I know that you're familiar with most of them. All right. Well, uh, I got to start thinking here. What else? Oh, um, the one where he was, uh, the Batman movie where he's Mr. Freeze. Batman and Robin is number six on the list. Okay. Oh, there's so many pages, so many pages of notes. All right. Brandon likes to uh, have printed out copies of his pages for his notes. Well, it's because I've got, I've got two monitors going and then I need the notes somewhere else. So, Batman and Robin earned $107 million domestic box office. Came out in 1997. It's an American superhero film starring George Clooney as Batman. He said he played, he said he played Batman gay. Who said that? Clooney? Yeah. Give me a context here. What are you talking about? That's what he said. Like in the late 90s, early 2000s, he was like, yeah, I played him gay. <laughs> what does that mean? Like he, his interpretation of the character was a gay Batman? Yeah, except he didn't do anything on screen that like the only way I could have said determined that this character is homosexual is if, is if he was interested in a man and not a woman. But in the movie, uh, he was trying to uh, fuck Elle McPherson. Well, he was so gay that he was trying to fuck Elle <laughs> McPherson. He was trying to prove to everyone that <laughs> not gay he was. Yeah. yeah. I'm Batman, everybody. Look. Yeah. So, yeah. Arnold played Mr. Freeze. Chris O'Donnell played Robin. Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy and Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl. The movie sucks, right? It was often ranked among the worst films ever. Both <laughs> okay. director Joel Schumacher and George Clooney have apologized for the film multiple times since. Was that the only time Clooney was Batman? Yes. Have you seen this movie? Yes. Is it terrible? It is, but I like both good and bad uh, Batman movies. And I, I didn't see it when it came out. I saw it like in the mid 2000s at some point. I came at it the same way that I appreciate the 1966 Batman and then I enjoyed it. But if I tried to appreciate it like it was like a real, like a realistic take, like the Christopher Nolan movies, then I would not have enjoyed it. I have not seen it. Is it intentionally kind of shitty? Is it uh, campy on it purpose? Is, yeah, it is supposed to be campy on purpose, but it's, it's not very good camp. It's bad camp. Yeah. Now, Arnold got $25 million for playing Mr. Freeze. And he said 27 ice puns throughout the movie. So, he got... <laughs> Almost a million bucks per pun. He got a upper 800,000s for every ice pun that he made. His makeup and wardrobe took six hours to apply each day. Oh, my God. Wait, I have so many questions. One, when you have six hours of makeup to put on, does it also take six hours to take off? Well, I know it doesn't take six hours to take off, but no. it takes a while to take off, right? A few hours? It does take a while to take off. Something else that I I read that was interesting on this film was he had it in his contract that he was working a maximum of 12 hours a day. Does that include the makeup? Yeah. So, that included makeup. So, six hours to do the makeup and then however long to remove it off and then in between is like the amount of acting that they were able to get out of him. I mean, I don't blame him. No, 12 hour a day? 12 hour a day, even if you're just, you know, quote unquote sitting and getting makeup put on you. Talk about a pain in the ass. Sounds brutal. Yeah. When we have our makeup team put our makeup on in the mornings, it doesn't take quite six hours, but still it's a, it's a drain. You have to be on. 
this fact isn't about Arnold, but it is uh, interesting about the costuming for that. It took, you remember Chris O'Donnell's Robin costume? No. Okay. Well, I mean, you can imagine a Robin costume, right? Yeah. That's who George Clooney should have been playing, I think. Fixed close to the skin and it has like a, a domino mask over the eyes. It took four hours for Chris O'Donnell to have the Robin costume put on. Man. Doesn't that like, so are you telling me that fucking Batman can't ever be real because it would take him four hours to get dressed before he could go out every night? Brandon, I wouldn't say that's the number one reason Brandon or uh, Batman can't be real, but it's one of the reasons, yes. Let's see. So, Arnold- Hang on, before you move on, I, I wanted to ask you, do you have any of the ice puns? No, I, I didn't pull any ice. Okay, thanks. I mean, I remember some of them. Give some. You know what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. And then he shoots a <laughs> bunch of ice all over everybody and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> why, why are you telling us about the dinosaurs, bro? <laughs> His henchmen were hockey players. No. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the 60s series but made in the 90s with a bunch more money. Something was missing whether... I don't know, the camp didn't land right. It's weird to do something campy with a whole bunch of like really awesome effects. I don't know. Anyway, he felt that the character was good because they mixed the serious Mr. Freeze from the animated series with the campy one from previous comics. He liked the Joel Schumacher's non-Batman films and he was already doing the movie Eraser for Warner. But yeah, the movie was ripped a new asshole by everybody and Arnold, I thought his perspective on it is pretty good. He said that it's always easy to be smug in hindsight when a movie turns out to be worse than expected. Oh, a little more on the makeup. So, Arnold spending 12 hours a day on set getting Mr. Freeze costume put on him. Yep. Celebrities like Jesse the Body Ventura and John Bon Jovi would stop by the set to hang out with Arnold and smoke cigars. <laughs> John Bon Jovi hand-delivered Cuban cigars to the set and then Arnold had them painted white so that he could smoke them during filming. That's how bad he needed to smoke a cigar. He incorporated it into the character and just smoked on the set. I don't know if there's any more like zenith of existing than just having the power to stop by the set where Arnold's filming with your Cuban cigars and just yeah. smoke with him. Just, hey, just chilling out. No big deal. Nowhere to be. And he wanted to get up and go over to the set but still smoke a cigar so he said paint this one white <laughs> well <laughs> and then he smoked white paint i guess <laughs> when you're fucking arnold schwarzenegger in the 90s which was probably his peak yeah you can do whatever you want and you, even if it means smoking paint and you don't give a fuck <laughs> well speaking of getting whatever you want here's a quick fun fact about arnold he has a pet miniature pony named whiskey <sighs> that is a fun that is fun uh, I enjoy the fact. How long do ponies live? I don't know. He it's he still has it right now. I saw a picture of him on Twitter recently with his pony. Was he on it? Tell me he was on no, it. No, he can't sit on it. It's a miniature. <laughs> I know, but I still wanted him to sit on it. Oh, he's way too big. As long as the pony's okay, obviously. If I could have a world where that miniature pony could be sat upon by 72-year-old Arnold and Arnold could smile for the camera and the pony could be okay... He would smile too. What's that pony's name in Parks and Rec that everyone Little loves? Sebastian? Little Sebastian. It's, it's a pony just like Little Sebastian. <laughs> you know, side note, but I love how Ron Swanson in that show hates everyone and everything, but he fucking is passionate about his love for Little Sebastian. <laughs> He's got eyes for Little Sebastian. Oh, God. That's probably one of the best running jokes in that show. 
I wish we had some good running jokes here. We we have a bunch of shitty ones. We need a horse. Yeah, we need a horse. Uh, sh- are you done on Batman and Robin? Yeah, that's all we know about Batman and Robin. Well, I happen to know that number seven is Kindergarten Cop. Well, it's not, but you're close. It's number eight. I knew it. Kindergarten Cop is one of my favorite Arnold movies and according to Arnold, Arnold, it is his favorite of his films. Like favorite as in most fun filming or the end product or both? From the context, it sounds like it's from um, the end product. I think the most fun he has filming is with like James Cameron. (laughs) I think the most fun he had according to this list in my research would have probably been, well, I don't want to name the movie, but I'll tell you when we get to that movie that I think that was probably the most fun he had. So, Kindergarten Cop came out in 1990. It made $91 million in the United States. It's an American comedy film directed by Ivan Reitman, who also made Ghostbusters. Right, man. Arnold plays Detective John Kimball, a tough police detective working undercover as a kindergarten teacher to apprehend a drug dealer before the drug dealer can get to his ex-wife and son. While he is undercover, Kimball discovers his passion for teaching, considers changing his profession to become an educator. Spoiler. Hello. Spoiler alert. Have you seen Kindergarten Cop, right? Well, I'm not going to answer that. Why not? (laughs) Because you're going to judge me and I'm sick of being judged by you. Oh. If people... See, here's the thing about this show. People think I'm too mean to you. Oh, yeah. But really, it's you being mean to me off air. Mm. The on air is just where I feel safe enough to where... I can get a word in edgewise and you won't harm me or my family. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, listen here. I haven't seen it. Well, this thing going to mean shit to you then. The script for Kindergarten Cop appealed to Arnold Schwarzenegger after he became a father in 1989. Cool. Now, Dolph Lundgren, you remember Dolph Lundgren? I know of him, yeah. Yeah. He starred in the sequel, Kindergarten Cop 2. It was released direct to DVD. Yep, as it should have been. 2016. 2016, holy shit, that was a long, yeah. not long ago. So, Damn. you might not be familiar with Kindergarten Cop, but I bet you are very familiar with the clips of Arnold's dialogue from the movie, which have been used in soundboards for prank phone calls. It's a tumor. Right. Almost all of the good quotes from those prank calls come from Kindergarten Cop. Detective John Kimball, I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> That's it? Anymore? No, I mean, I don't want to be just the human soundboard. Now, Bill Murray and Patrick Swayze were originally offered the role of John Kimball. How would Bill Murray do it? I mean, they'd have to write the character differently. Yeah, right? you can't see Bill, like, well, I know you haven't seen it, but at the beginning of the movie, Arnold is a badass, like he's wearing a long trench coat and sunglasses and I think he's in a mall. And he was like blasting people with shotguns and throwing them through windows and shit. Busts into a drug den with a shotgun and says, I'm the potty pooper. (laughs) He fucks these guys up. And if you didn't know what movie you're watching, you think I'm about to watch a gritty, you know, Arnold movie who's going to kick ass all over the place. And it takes this Mm -hmm. wild left turn and he puts on a sweater and sits on the rug with some kids and shows them a ferret. Uh, but yeah, you would have had to re you would have had to rewrite the hard ass cop part for Bill Murray. Patrick Swayze, he'd be too busy, you know, 
creating uh molding clay and shit with his shirt off kicking he does kicks you know you haven't seen roadhouse either Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito were also considered for the role. Danny fucking DeVito. Now, I think I'd like that more than Arnold. Yes. <laughs> Danny. You, if they, they should make Kindergarten Cop. I mean, I'm in favor of remaking almost anything with Danny DeVito. But they should remake Kindergarten Cop now with Danny DeVito. But keep it all the same. Make him still the, the killer that Arnold was yes. in that movie and don't even acknowledge that it's ridiculous. Just, act, just play you it don't straight. Don't acknowledge his height or his shape or his age. <laughs> his shape. <laughs> Listener of the show, Danny DeVito. Oh, God, I wish. I'm telling you. Well, you haven't seen the movie, so I can't talk about the ferret being the hero. Well, you already spoiled the premise, so you might as well. Well, you could have read that on the back of the VHS box <sighs> when you go out to rent it. Yeah, Arnold's personal favorite of all his films. Kindergarten yeah. Cop. Number eight. Number eight. What well, was Kindergarten Cop his first foray out of the action genre? It has to be one of the first at least. Hold on, let me look. It was not. He has a movie that came out two years earlier that is extremely relevant given our conversation 15 seconds ago. Came out two years earlier, is a comedy, and is it in the top 10? I didn't see it. Is it the one where he's pregnant? No, that one is called Junior and it's way out of the top 10. You're kind of close. It, it also stars Danny DeVito. Oh, well, I, I've not seen it then, but... Uh, it's called could... Twins. Okay, Twins. That's, I thought that was... That's not the one where he's pregnant? No. G Danny DeVito didn't get him pregnant? No. Uh, Danny DeVito is his twin brother in the movie Twins. Wow. That's so close to what we were just saying with Danny DeVito being Arnold in the remake. That's... It's his twin brother. That's what I'm screaming. Okay. Twins earned $111 million in America. Came out in 1988. It's an American buddy comedy. What number is it? It is number five. Knew it. Also directed by Ivan Reitman. It's about unlikely twins, Arnold and Danny DeVito, who are separated at birth. Comedy comes in the contrast between the streetwise Vincent and the intelligent but naive Julius, played by Arnold. Arnold decided to do this film because he thought he'd be great in a comedy and wanted to go beyond making action movies. Danny DeVito wanted to be in this movie because they said someone offered... Arnold's in it. <laughs> they said uh, the twin is going to be played by Arnold Schwarzenegger and he said, the Austrian bodybuilder? And they said yes and he said, I, I'm doing it. I don't think he had even read the script. He just said, I'm going to do it. Yeah. They were about to say, and we're going to pay you nothing. <laughs> but he was still about to do it. Arnold, Danny DeVito and Hulk Hogan have all revealed in interviews that Schwarzenegger and DeVito were given the option of either doing Twins or the movie Suburban Commando. Uh, if they had chosen the movie Suburban Commando, then Hulk Hogan and Christopher Lloyd would have done Twins. Well, I think everyone made the right choice here. I think everyone did make the right choice. Arnold said he always wanted to do a sequel. He does, Arnold doesn't normally like to do sequels except for a shitload of Terminator sequels. Mm -hmm. But he wants to do a sequel of this one called Triplets with Danny DeVito and adding Eddie Murphy as a long lost third brother. Oh my God. I know, like, I don't even give a shit that it doesn't make sense. I want to see it. I just, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. I'd see it though. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of want to see Twins though. Twins it's, is, uh, yeah, Twins is really funny. I remember watching it a bunch on HBO when I was a kid. What's the premise? So, they, they find out they're twins and then what, is, what do they have to do? Save the day? No, they don't save the day. I can't remember what it is. Repopulate the earth? <laughs> no. Together? They both have girlfriends in it. 
but no, it's part about like this is fascinating. I know at some point they go and they find out the truth or something. Yeah, it's not that interesting. This is great. No, you're doing a great job. Don't blame yourself for asking a, you know, I don't know okay. what they do. They just Holy shit. Out. All right. So, Schwarzenegger got 20% of the profits and he made $35 million from twins through international sales, video DVD sales and TV screenings. He How earned- that fucking movie do so well? He earned more money from twins than any of the Terminator movies. What year is this? 88? Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting fact. Danny DeVito in this movie- his name is Vincent. Okay. Arnold, his name is Jules. Jules and Vincent. Oh, that's uh Pulp Fiction was yeah, executive produced by Danny DeVito. Was it? Yeah. God, I'm learning all kinds of things today. I wouldn't call that an interesting fact, Brandon. I'd call it a fun fact. It's fucking blockbuster. That's a blockbuster fun fact. Hmm. That's it. That's the most interesting thing I've learned today. Danny DeVito executive produced Pulp Fiction. Danny DeVito's but, got his fingers in a lot of pies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. You know, didn't we talk before in a past episode about how you and I don't really know what an executive producer does other than attach their name and maybe some mon- upfront money to a project? Yeah. Did you find out what they do? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. All right. I've been uh, holding on to this guess. I'm going to say it's number seven. Predator. Predator is not in the top ten. Okay. Fucking Done. No, I mean it this time. I'm quitting the show. Predator is my favorite Arnold movie besides... It's my favorite non-Terminator Arnold movie. Right. But I- I'm seriously quitting the show. Like, this is it for me because I can't fucking handle the fact that Batman and Robin is in the top 10. But Predator... See, some of these movies like Predator and the first Terminator well, the sounds like... the major difference is that Predator was rated R. So? Well, children can't go see Predator but children can go see Batman and Robin. Okay. Joker was rated R last year and it was like one of the highest grossing films okay, of all well, time. Let's... I mean, I get what you're saying, but... <laughs> so, you concede that my point makes total sense, but <laughs> okay. I can see that it can make sense, but it, it does not... Terminators are, Brandon, all the Terminators are. T2, which I know has got to be number one, but T2 is rated R. So, do you want to explain that to me? Where's your... Yeah. I don't know yeah. what to tell you other than... Predator made $59 million. Predator and the first Terminator, the clues I'm getting here is that they kind of got big after the fact. Right. Okay, Predator. Predator is a good ass movie. I kind of want to watch it now that I'm talking about it. You son of a bitch. Let's see. That's my favorite way to greet an old friend is with that, <laughs> with that like haymaker of a high five into a bicep mm-hmm. competition. My favorite way to greet an old friend is to say, hello, la, la, la. You have six more. Yeah, okay. Get to guessing. All right, well, then let's just get this over with. Terminator 2 is number one. Terminator 2 is number one. How to do that though? It's rated R. So, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. It made $203 million domestic box office. It made 515 worldwide. Wow. Came out in 1991. It's an American science fiction film by James Cameron. It's the sequel, if you didn't know this, to the 1984 hit The Terminator. Hmm, fun fact. It follows Sarah Connor and her son, John, as they are pursued by a new, more advanced Terminator, the liquid metal T-1000. Sent back in time to kill John Connor and prevent him from becoming the leader of the human resistance. Arnold is back as a second, less advanced Terminator, also sent back in time but to protect John. Now, it's been a minute the, because Arnold was the villain in the first Terminator mm-hmm. 
And in the second one, he's the hero. So in the future, they rewired the Arnold model Terminator to come back and say, is that? Yeah. So they didn't, yeah. in the marketing, didn't reveal that Arnold was the good guy this time. I like that shit when marketing does that sort of thing. So that was a surprise. And yeah, the idea, the thing was that they, the resistance had acquired Terminator and reprogrammed it to protect. Yeah. No, I, Terminator 2 is a great movie. I haven't seen it in a few years now. Uh, I need to rewatch it. But um, it like dwarfed Terminator 3, right? Number two in box office. Terminator 2 earned $203 million. Terminator 3 earned $150 million. Okay. So, yeah, it made substantially more than Terminator 3. Arnold's cut is a $15 million salary. And given his total of 700 words of dialogue, he was paid $21,429 per word. Hasta la vista, baby, earned him $85,716. Yeah, how do we get that deal? Say it's earned him a lot more than that over the years. I'm surprised 15 mil for that, but two or three years earlier, he got 35 mil for twins. Well, that's because of the way that that deal was structured. I think he took, he was taking a percentage of profit or something like that. Anyway, he was also given a slightly used Gulfstream 3 airplane worth about $14 million by producer Mario Casar for accepting the role in the film. He got a $14 million jet as a signing bonus. I wonder if Arnold like went to his house and saw the jet in the hangar and was like, I'll take that. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto style, you just walk up and like, oh, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for that scene where he walks into the biker bar naked, he wasn't really nude. He was wearing purple board shorts. Well, that ruined it for me. And when the biker, remember the biker puts out his cigar on the Terminator's chest? Mm-hmm. The only thing protecting Arnold from being burned was a little block and a prosthetic skin piece the size of a dime. I thought, how nerve-wracking would it be to be the actor who has to put out the cigar on his chest, knowing that if you scorch the star of the movie, you'll probably never work But it. I feel like if Arnold, if, if it missed and it hit Arnold's actual skin, all he'd have to do is like flex his pecs for a minute and then his skin would... He'd drink some milk. His skin would heal itself. Terminator 2 was Edward Furlong's first movie. Yeah. Your first movie is Terminator 2 with Arnold. Yeah. No, that, that'll fuck you up. He was almost going to be in Terminator 3, but like right before production, they were like, nah, he's too... Just kept referring to his like struggles and issues. Yeah. So, that's it. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Yeah. And on that uh, impressive note, you know... Eddie, what was his name? Eddie Furlong? Mm-hmm. I'm missing a big one. I know I am. <sighs> what am I missing, Brandon? All the ones left on here are action movies. Let me tell you the name of one of the co-stars of the movies. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, damn. She kind of made a big impression with her role in this movie. I don't remember, like, I remember how her career was doing before this. Maybe there was a lull or something, but she was the talk of the town during this movie. She shows her tits, right? No. Well, no. She's, she does a sexy dance in her underwear. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, what is it? True Lies. True Lies. True Lies is a really fun movie. So, True Lies, it earned $146 million when it came out in 94. It's an American action comedy written, directed, and co-produced by James Cameron. 
Also stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold, holy I shit. I love Tom Arnold and Bill Paxton. What number did you say this was? It is number three. Hmm. $146 million. It follows US government agent Harry Tasker who struggles to balance his life as a spy with his familial duties. Yeah, I feel the same way with this podcast. So, when Harry, Arnold's character, tells Gib, or Tom Arnold, Tom Arnold, Tom Arnold's character, God, that's going to get confusing. When Arnold's, when Schwartz, when Harry, God damn it. God damn. When Harry tells Gib that his wife is having an affair, Gib, uh-huh. played by Tom Arnold, tells a story about his second wife taking everything when she left him, even the ice cube trays in the freezer. This is a direct reference to Tom Arnold's divorce from Roseanne Barr that was happening at the same time. She was reported to have taken his ice cube trays when she left him as well. Tom Arnold told that story to James Cameron on the set while saying, what kind of sick bitch takes the ice cube trays out of the freezer? Cameron thought the line was hilarious and incorporated it into the film. Well, really though, you have to be, (laughs) one of them's terrible. Because either she's crazy for taking the ice cube trays. They're both. They're both. Yeah. Okay. Let's just agree on that. Two people can be terrible. He, uh, Arnold rehearsed for six months so he could properly do the tango for the opening scene. (laughs) Uh, After Terminator 2 Judgment Day, James Cameron wanted to make Spider-Man the movie. I didn't know about this. This is the first time I learned about this. Yeah, me too. James Cameron wanted to make Spider-Man the movie from an R-rated script that he had written earlier, starring Leonardo DiCaprio as Peter Parker and Arnold as Dr. Octopus. He thought the movie would be technically challenging and the studio wanted to do the movie on a much smaller budget. I feel like every time a studio wants to do a movie, it's on a smaller budget than James Cameron had envisioned. So, he and Schwarzenegger made True Lies instead. It's really weird to think about a Leo DiCaprio Spider-Man. But I can see Arnold as Dr. Dr. Octopus. Yeah, Yeah. he'd be an awesome Dr. Octopus. Yeah. He still could do that. Uh, That's what I was thinking. Please, people. I mean, he could just sit in one place and he doesn't even have to move. All the CGI around him can be moving. We could just scan his face now. Yeah. We don't even need him. That's what they did in uh, one of the Terminator movies. Uh, I think the Christian Bale one. They had like a young actor, but it was Arnold's face. You know, maybe we've talked about this. You could stop me if we have, but the future of filmmaking and maybe music too is very fascinating to me because pretty soon, while we're already here, it's just not like widely done. You don't even need the person to be in the movie. You just need their likeness. I thought about this a long time ago, even before like deep fake stuff was around which I know you can easily use now, but I always thought like at some point they will, someone will acquire the rights to John Wayne's voice and likeness yeah, yeah. and they will make another John Wayne movie. I don't know that it will be good or popular or make a lot of money, but if, and if there were two Hollywood actors that I would say are like the top choices that they would digitally recreate and put in a movie without their actual involvement, those would be John Wayne and Arnold Schwarzenegger. For some reason, Marilyn Monroe came to mind for me too. Yeah, maybe. And with music, I mean, they did, you know, the famous Tupac appearance a few years ago. Where he was a hologram. Yeah. I mean, pretty soon. And this was also something in the Black Mirror episode with Miley Cyrus. You don't even need the actual person. They could be dead or alive, but somewhere else. They could go on a whole tour with a hologram of them. I mean... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there's pros and cons, of course, but it'll be uh, interesting to watch. So, anyway, Arnold was in True Lies. Yeah. And a horse tried to kill him. He had a near fatal accident on set in the horse riding scene. 
At first, I thought you meant like a horse was like plotting revenge for something and- Well- his horse got startled and ran out of control or pretended to get startled and ran out of control. <laughs> right. There it is. Schwarzenegger managed to slide off the horse, but he did this near a 30-foot drop and his personal stuntman saw what happened and was able to grab him before he went over the ledge. Oh, he would have died, right? Yeah. Probably. His horse tried to kill him and then I thought, hey, who was the last big, strong, tough guy action star? It was Christopher Reeve on a horse. Yeah. He, well, he didn't die though. He got a... Uh, well, he got taken... Pretty close to death. Yeah. He got banged up pretty good. Yeah. You, you're kind of surprised Arnold, old Arnie got that little little Sebastian horse then. <laughs> Think he'd be scared of him. Can, if he gets out of control, I just put my feet down. <laughs> I just stand up. <laughs> All right. You have three left. What do you think Arnold's hobbies are? Uh, well, golf. Maybe he plays golf. Yeah, every rich white guy plays golf. He still pumps? Pumps. Okay, you said I have three left, but I count four. I'm missing ten, nine, seven, and four. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. Okay. Well, then, how about, was there anything pre-Terminator on here? No. Was there anything post-Governor? Yes. Okay, there was a Terminator film he was in a few years ago. Uh, I don't remember well, the name of it. There's two Terminator films that came out within the last couple years. Terminator Dark Fate came out last year. Okay. And Terminator Genesis came out in 2015. He was in both of them? He was in both of them. Like actually him, not just his likeness? Actually him. Okay. So, where do they rank? Well, Dark Fate is not in the top 10. Oh, okay. So, Genesis will be number seven. Terminator Genesis is number nine. Knew it. And don't they spell Genesis with a Y instead of an I? Yeah, like system. Yeah. Why do they do that? Oh, because of systems? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cyberdyne systems. I have to say that, you know, the whole premise of Terminator, I know the movies have kind of like maybe jumped the shark by this point, but the original storyline is a fucking strong, interesting storyline with a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Well, that's why they keep pumping out more sequels. Terminator Genesis made $89 million to domestic box office. Came out, I'm sorry, came out 2017, not 2015. It's American science fiction action film. It's a soft reboot takes the basic story of the original film in another direction. Arnold stars as the Terminator along with... See the villain? Amelia Clark as a young Sarah Connor. Huh? Is he the villain in this one again? No. So, it follows Kyle Reese played by Jai Courtney. He's a soldier in the post-apocalyptic future with a war against the machines led by Skynet. He's sent back from 2029 to 1984 by John Connor, leader of the human resistance to protect his mother, Sarah. When Kyle arrives in the past, he discovers the timeline has been altered and Sarah has been raised by a pre-programmed Terminator. Yeah, in this timeline, they sent a reprogrammed Terminator back to like 1974 and he raised her, she calls him Pops. He raised her, goddamn. It's not a good execution of the movie, I didn't think. But You've seen I, it? Yeah, but I did like the ideas. Like, the idea of creating other timelines is exciting to me, especially one where like she'd grown up with the Terminator and they were close together and he was Mm -hmm. a little bit better about like blending into humans. And I liked that they made Sarah Connor the hero instead of Kyle Reese or the action star. But I guess a lot of fans and like casual fans and like hardcore fans said this one made all the timelines confusing. James Cameron has now said that Dark Fate is the true sequel to Judgment Day and all of the other ones are alternate timelines. 
They don't explain that in the films though, right? That's just him saying that. Yeah. Okay, so I'm sorry. This is the movie for which Arnold Schwarzenegger worked out for another six months, mimicking how he had gotten in shape for Terminator 3. Terminator 3 was released 12 years after Judgment Day and he, this was 12 years, he filmed this 12 years after Terminator 3. This is the one where he worked out six months, three hours a day and then again had the exact same body weight and muscle measurements that he did in Terminator 3 and in Terminator 2. And he's got to be late 60s by the time he filmed this. Yeah, he's late 60s. Oh, fuck. Dude, I know some people don't like his acting and whatever. You can think what you want about him but you like, you have to agree, this guy has led an amazing life. He's tackled like everything he set out to do. Yep. That's his real gray hair in Terminator Genesis. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned he had a son born 19... Or sorry, a child born 1989. He has a few kids. His I daughter, don't know anything about his kids. His daughter is married to Chris Pratt. What? Yeah, Star-Lord's father-in-law is God the Terminator. Damn. Fucking imagine that. His kid... Well, besides that kid, mm -hmm. none of his kids have done anything in the public eye. I saw recently he supported, it's either his son or his nephew. I know he has a, so, you know, he had, didn't have a good relationship with his brother, but he did support his brother's wife and his nephew. And I believe he paid for his nephew's education and brought him to America. And I'm also fairly certain that his, let's see, I think Patrick Schwarzenegger is, oh, no, Patrick Schwarzenegger is his son. Arnold has Catherine and Christina and then Patrick, Christopher and another half-brother. <laughs> he has that half-brother, Joseph, uh, from when Arnold got the maid pregnant. What? I don't know this story. Well, I didn't leave it in here because I was just trying to do the, all the glossy shit. So, you said half-brother though, you mean half- Yeah, on May 16th, 2011, the Los Angeles Times revealed that Arnold had fathered a son more than 14 years earlier with an employee in their household. Uh, Patty Baina. After leaving the governor's office, I told my wife about this event which occurred over a decade ago. He said in a statement issued to the Times, he did not mention that he had confessed to his wife only after she had confronted him with the information which she had done after confirming with the housekeeper what she had suspected about the child. Huh. Well, then who was this child hanging around as far as his wife knew yeah. before? She was from Guatemala. She was employed by the family for 20 years and retired in January 2011. Well, you can't... He said it wasn't until the boy started looking like him that he put things together. God damn. Some heavy shit. The child's birth certificate was falsified that he planned to sue Schwarzenegger for engaging conspiracy to falsify a public document. Whatever. Just leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold brings us so much joy. Leave him alone. Brandon, how many uh, illegitimate children with maids have you fathered? Zero. Yeah, me too. Maybe someday. The last person he was in a relationship with that I'm aware of is physical therapist Heather Milligan. She is 27 years younger than him, which would make her like 45. Age is just the number. It is when you're Arnold. You know, I mean, let's just be real here. I mean, he probably was a lifelong steroid user. That could have a negative impact on his health. Uh, he, no, he had heart surgery and even considered uh, legal action against a doctor that had prescribed and allowed him to take steroids despite knowing that they would hurt his heart later. His heart's all good now though? Uh, I think so. He had, yeah. All right. Well, I should probably guess the last few here. There was some movie 
in the last five years action movie where he was like an old western sheriff or something? The Last Stand. Yeah, how's that? I did see that on a plane. It wasn't good and it's not in the top 10. Did not look good. There was a zombie movie named Maggie. Maggie. Yeah, Maggie is not in the top 10. I saw that one. It was all right. Maggie was actually very low down on the list. Of the three movies left in the top 10, two of them he is most definitely the leading star. There's one that came out in 2012 in which he was one of many, many macho leading men. Oh, The Expendables. The Expendables 2. Right. He had a cameo in the first one. I don't know. I only saw a few minutes of the first one and said, this ain't for me and turned it off. But I guess he has a cameo in the first Expendables, but he has an expanded role in The Expendables 2, which gets it number 10 on the list. Have you seen any of The Expendables movies? No, I guess you could say they were expendable in my movie selection. Yeah, they're, they don't look like they were made for me. So, The Expendables 2 made $85 million domestically, came out in 2012. It's an American action film. It stars Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham, Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren, Chuck Norris, Terry Crews, Randy Couture, Liam Hemsworth, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Bruce Willis, and Arnold. I have a problem with Liam Hemsworth being in there. He seems outmatched. Yeah, but also, I think my favorite person in all those names is Terry Crews, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Now, I kind of want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I like Terry Crews too. <laughs> and Chuck, Dolph... Chuck Norris is a, is a strong pull in the other direction though. Damn. Chuck, you know, Chuck Norris really has not cashed in on his name since he's been a meme enough. Well, Don't you? I mean, he could have done some shit. I think his appearance in The Expendables 2 was part of that. He came out of retirement. So, he was retired. He came out of retirement to appear in the film at age 71. They incorporated one of the Chuck Norris jokes into it about a cobra bite, like something like cobra. Oh, a cobra bit Chuck Norris and a few days later, the cobra died. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the one they used in the movie that I got from yeah. the notes. No, that the story follows the mercenary group known as the Expendables as they undertake a seemingly simple mission which involves into a quest for savage butt fuckery. Oh wait, but, no, whoa! I'm sorry. Uh, Is that from the VHS cover? A quest for revenge against rival mercenary, a rival mercenary who murdered one of their own and threatens the world with a deadly weapon. Threatens the world, of course. A lot of testosterone flying around that set. And a lot of old testosterone, the worst kind. Dolph Lundgren is just a few years removed from the straight to, VA, yep. straight to DVD release of uh, Kindergarten Cop 2. Liam Hemsworth is like, well, I'm the youngest guy by 20 years. By uh, more than that, Liam Hemsworth might still be in his 20s, if not early 30s. I'm going to guess that Liam Hemsworth is 37 years old. What the fuck is wrong with you? He's not 37. He's really young. Oh, yeah. You're right. He's 30. Yeah. Is it Chris Hemsworth that's probably a little older? Yeah. Chris Hemsworth is older brother. But Liam could literally be the grandson of Sylvester Sloan. I don't know. I just don't like Sly. I mean, I loved him. I love the Rocky movies, but... And he was great as the villain in Spy Kids. Hey, man. He's not for you. This was Arnold's first film after leaving office as governor of California. What a fallback plan. What a big mistake uh, he has there. I guess I'll go back to making multi-million dollar movies. Yep. Fun fact, in his bodybuilding days, he once bench pressed as much as 450 pounds. 
Yeah, big whoop. All right. You have two left. Yeah, so give me... Number four or number seven? seven. Let me... Let's concentrate on number four. All right. It also stars Sharon Stone. Mm. It came out in 1990. It is a science fiction film. The Running Man? No. Running Man came out earlier, but good guess. Get your ass to Mars. I haven't seen it. Total Recall. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that. Total Recall is number four on the list. Came out in 1990 and made $119 million domestically. It's an American science fiction action film, also starring Sharon Stone and Michael Ironside. Tells the story of... (laughs) Ironside. (laughs) I'd hate to see his other side. Yeah, it tells the story of a construction worker who suddenly finds himself embroiled in espionage on Mars, unable to determine if the experiences are real or the result of memory implants. And you would love this movie because there's a part with a woman who has three boobs. Oh, yeah. I can barely function just hearing it. So, this was filmed in Mexico and all of the crew got sick due to food poisoning during production, except for Arnold, the director, Ronald Schussett. That's because Arnold's tummy works out too. (laughs) Well, Arnold escaped because he had his food catered from the US because he learned three years earlier during the filming of Predator not to mess around with Montezuma's revenge. He got sick drinking tap water during Predator. Uh, And the director shows it, he took extreme health precautions. Uh, He would only brush his teeth with boiled or bottled water and he got a weekly vitamin B12 shot. And then they all made fun of the director and Arnold until they all got sick. What? Whose revenge is it again? Montezuma. Yeah, I like that. During filming, a lot of animals were on the set and there was- Were they harmed? No, but uh, they did the harming. A five-month-old cougar, (laughs) I don't know how it got into his RV, but the cougar jumped on Arnold's neck. Oh. It just wanted to play. Oh, it did? Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Did he play with it? I think so. Holy shit, that made my day. He took the part because he liked the idea of virtual travel. The scene where the salesman sells him a trip that he never took was one of Schwarzenegger's favorite scenes in the movie. Basically, they sell you memory implants of a trip that you went on, at least in this one scene. Interesting. He wore stunt pads to protect his genitals when Mm -hmm. they filmed the fight scene between Quaid and Laurie, in which Laurie, played by Sharon Stone, elbows and kicks Quaid in the genitals. Well, I liked that fact. I copied and pasted it verbatim because it said he wore stunt pads to protect his genitals. I'm surprised there's stunt pads big enough to protect them. To wrap around those... To wrap around those 24-inch pythons. Python. He's got a bunch of dicks down there. (laughs) So, there you go. Total Recall number four. You got one left. And this one is the probably least well-remembered. Number seven came out in 1996. It's an American action film starring Arnold, James Caan, James Coburn, and Vanessa Williams. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's called Eraser. Oh. Eraser made $101 million, came out in 1996, follows a U.S. Marshal of Witness, it's called WITSEC, Witness Security Protection Program. He specializes in erasing high-profile witnesses, faking their deaths to protect them from anyone that might silence them. In this movie, he's protecting Vanessa Williams who's a senior operative testifying out about a legal arms deal and he's forced to fight his former allies when one of the players is revealed to be a mole inside Witsec. I like the idea of it being an actual mole. Just a little (laughs) furry blind thing with claws. 
Yeah. And he's sitting at like a conference table and they're all looking at each other suspiciously. <laughs> and the mole's like... He's just playing it off. <laughs> Arnold premiered this film. So, he premiered Terminator 3 at, in Saddam Hussein's palace. He premiered Eraser at the Olympic Village in Atlanta, Georgia during the 1996 Summer Games. And the Goo Goo Dolls performed a live concert before the film was shown. Yeah. Yeah. Your favorite. Fuck. I mean, it would be cool to see Arnold in person, but... Yeah? Not if you had to go through the Goo Goo Dolls to get to him? Yeah, if you told me that my night of entertainment <laughs> was the Goo Goo Dolls concert and then this forgettable Arnold movie, I'd be kind of bummed. Yeah. But one of the good parts of the movie is he shoots an alligator that's attacking him and he says, your luggage. Oh, like you will be luggage? You are luggage. Yeah, he... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, well, good's a word. That film, Eraser, is considered by many Schwarzenegger film fans to be the last good film of the classic Schwarzenegger period, which started in 1982 with the first Conan film. Hmm. And my last fun fact about Arnold, his middle name is Alois Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Thanks for that, that late addendum. Now, the fun fact is that Arnold was the first private citizen in the... Pri God damn it. Mm -hmm. Arnold was the first private citizen in the U.S. To own a Humvee. Oh, I didn't know that. And now he drives an electric Humvee. <laughs> hey, well, at least <laughs> I'm proud of him for that. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Like, he's still being Arnold. He's just doing it economically. Does er Arnold actually drive himself anywhere though? I'm sure he does. No way. Uh, someone has to drive him. I bet mean, he does a little of both. Can you imagine being at a stoplight and looking over and fucking Arnold's in an electric Humvee right there? Uh, see, Would you say something? I would want to, but in the moment, I would have so much like self-doubt about like... Your pecs. What the fuck am I possibly going to say to Arnold that he hasn't heard a million times over? And in this interaction, I'm getting something out of it. He's getting nothing out of it. So, why... Tell him some of your fun facts that you went through. You'll blow his mind. I got a fun fact about you. <laughs> you own a small miniature horse named Whiskey. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, I do. See, that's how you get on his good side. Th these are, what these are, Arnold meeting icebreakers. This is how you break the ice with Arnold and then <laughs> convince meet, him to be on our show. If you meet Arnold, tell him your height is listed as 6'2", but it's a very controversial fact. Yeah, maybe it's 6'2 when he's laying face down, am I right? On top of a Guatemalan maid. <laughs> that's not where I was going, but that's even better. Uh, so, that's it. Those are the top 10 Arnold movies by Domestic Box Office. Let me give them to you one more time. Number 10. What a list. The Expendables 2. Number 9 was Terminator Genesis. 8 is Kindergarten Cop. 7, Eraser. 6, Batman and Robin. 5, Twins. 4, Total Recall. 3, True Lies. 2, Terminator 3, The Rise of the Machines. And number 1, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Again, leaving out Dr. Doolittle 2 where he voiced a white wolf. I kind of want to see that White Wolf talk for one. It's probably on YouTube and it's probably less than like 30 seconds. And he probably got $30 million for it. Secondly, you know, I'm a little shocked to say this, but let's see. I've only seen uh, two of the top 10. Which ones have you seen? T3 and T2. Out of all the ones in the top 10, I have to recommend True Lies and Twins the highest. Well, yeah, Danny DeVito. Man, Danny DeVito, I don't feel like has always been as popular as he is right now. He's kind of gone through waves up and down too, but does anybody not love that man? I love that man. 
Wouldn't you, uh, I, someone made a Photoshop of like, you know, Disney has uh, now, you know, owns all of Marvel and stuff and owns us. Well, and they bought Fox. So, they now they also own the X-Men franchise and there's lots of talk about, you know, a new rebooted, I'm sure you can't wait, X-Men franchise. Mm-hmm, can't wait. Like who would play Wolverine? Need a young, you know, Liam Hemsworth. Wow, we need him get in shape to play Wolverine. Someone suggested Danny DeVito. <laughs> play Wolverine and there's a photoshop of him with with his shirt off with the claws I would pay like I would pay $50 for that movie ticket I just want to see Danny DeVito in a bunch of movies like that that he doesn't belong in yeah but it's not a joke they play it straight and I want to see him as Terminator like having a sex scene I want to see him <laughs> well like like the sex scene in Lethal Weapon 5 huh there's a lot of good Danny DeVito material out there waiting for you. Yeah. No, I, I'm behind on my Danny DeVito media consumption, but I'm going to get on that. And uh, I want to thank you, Brandon, for this fantastic list. I really, I should be thanking Arnold. So, thanks, Arnold. Hope his heart's doing well. Hope you are doing well as a listener. And we're going to be back next week with episode 76. And I have my list ready now. And let's just say we're going to take a sharp left turn from today's topic, but... We're going to talk about the lowest ranking Arnold movies? No, we're going to talk about... I can't tell you, but you'll like it. Uh, in the meantime, I would invite you, the listener, to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at 10ISHPOD. You can follow my happy ass at Nick underscore E-M-E-L. You can follow Brandon's... Ass. Ass at... Sidekick host. Yeah, sidekick host. I wonder where that handle came from. Uh, interesting, interesting choice, Brandon. Just typed it in. Yeah. Okay. Well, anything else you want to say? We want to end by saying, I'll be back. Oh, okay. Let's do it. On three. One, two, three. I'll be back. All right. I'll be back too. Yeah, we'll all be, we'll just be back. No big we'll deal. We'll be back next Thank week. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.